so good. It's my first Sunday back um, in the new year because I was away last Sunday. And as nice as it is to be away, it's so good to be back home. Hey, so I was in Sydney last week and I went to a, a great church down there. It was not dissimilar to here, but it's not like home. Hey, it's not like home. It was a bit like a vacation. So it's 2019. Okay, you're going to have to be a little bit more, um, okay, it's 2019, I know it's still holiday season and everybody is, you know, some of you are still in holiday mode, but it's 2019 people, second Sunday of 2019, already, we are almost halfway through the first month of the year, how exciting, and what I love is it's going to be an incredible year. It's going to be an incredible year for everyone here, but it's going to be an incredible year in the house. And I love this part of the year because this is when everything starts. This is when all the vision and all the thought and all the planning that we've put in last year gets to hit the ground running, which I love. And and this week, um, on Monday night, I think we had um, uh, our interns info night, which saw a, a number of great candidates, I guess you'd call them, or people who are keen to do interns for the year, keen to to lean into a year of personal development and leadership as part of the interns program come along. And uh, I wasn't here, but I heard that there were some amazing younger and not so young people who came along to that. And I just wanted to encourage you this morning, church. If that's you, if you were intending to come and you couldn't, or you'd like to know more about it, or you've got someone in your world you think who would love to do that, please come and see me or Sarah. Sarah was on platform with the cute little pink jacket this morning. If you grab her or go to the resource center and they'll give you some information, it will actually change your life. Is that good? One of the things that was missing this morning that I was super excited about is our sisterhood clip. Now, I I, I got the guys in media to put it up because it's just too good to miss. So we're going to have a look at that before I begin this morning. Can we have a look at that? Thanks, guys. Actually opening like today. But Sisterhood is the 4th of February. So girls, I wanted to get that out there because I know that it's holiday season and we need to put these things in our brain. Otherwise, we forget them. And did you like the retro look? I love the retro look. Because, you know, for me, I'm, I'm probably, I lived retro. My kids say, Mum, we love retro. And they show me all these things that they think will be a surprise to me. And I actually either wore them or was there for them. They'll say, do you know this band? And I was like, yeah, yeah. They were actually in popular music when I was younger. So I am actually a living embodiment of retro right here this morning. And I'd like to say to you that 1974 was a good year. 1974, that's pretty retro, isn't it? 1974? 1974 was a good year. I turned 10 in 1974. Don't do the math, it's too much. I turned 10 in 1974 and I was allowed to attend for the first time our local chapter of GFS. Who knows what GFS is? Liz Hamlin, you should know that. GFS. GFS is Girls Friendly Society. I don't think it's a very catchy name, um, but be that as it may, it was a local organisation not far from our home, and I was excited to go. So I looked it up because I couldn't really describe what it was, even though I went for many years. So GFS is a charitable organisation that empowers girls and young women aged 5 to 25, encouraging them to develop their full potential through programs that provide training, confidence building, and other education 
educational opportunities. Well, I think it helped with my confidence, do you think? I was a very shy little girl. I tell people that they think it's hilarious, but I was actually a very shy little girl. And it was held in St. Mary's Anglican Church Hall, which was just walking distance from my home. And it was the first time I'd ever been part of something outside of our immediate family. And our immediate family was my dad, my mum, and me. There were three of us. So to be able to be part of something that was outside of um, was just amazing for me. And I did have cousins who lived close by. They were like two blocks away, and I had grown up with them. But by the time I was 10, the two girls closest to my age had decided that, that me being adopted meant that I wasn't really family because I wasn't really blood. So I didn't really feel like I belonged there. So I guess at 10, I was looking for a place of acceptance, a place of friendship, a place of community where, where I would meet some people and, and it would kind of fill that void in my life. The prospect of belonging was um, really appealing to me, you know, because I had school, but school is different. School is up and down. But this was something that I had chosen to go to on my own bat. And I'd love to say that being part of that organization, which was awesome, and I'm forever grateful for the great volunteers that ran that every week because it was a real conglomeration of different girls and different backgrounds. I'd like to say it solved my belonging issues, It didn't, but I do believe it was at that point that God began a good work in me that he was faithful to complete, and he's been completing it over the years. It was fun. I met some great people. I can't remember. I sat there yesterday. I cannot remember one of them. I cannot remember what the leaders looked like, but I do know the impact that it had on my life. That there's one thing from that season in my life that remains with me. Before every meeting we would recite our motto. So we'd all stand together, you know, and remember we're retro, so we'd all stand together, we'd hold hands, and we would recite our motto. Now, I was 10, and I can still remember it. I can't remember the scripture quite. I had to look that up. So Galatians 6, 2 says this, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And every time we would meet together, we would gather in a circle before we began, and we would say, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And I guess at 10, I didn't really understand what that meant. I guess I just thought it meant, I don't know, just do life with people. So that has remained with me. I can recite that. I've been able to recite that since I was 10 years old. It was the very first scripture, even though I probably didn't know it was scripture, that I ever learnt by heart, because I said it every week. And I love, I I looked yesterday at how the Passion Translation puts this, and it says this, Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the Anointed One as we carry each other's troubles. If you think you are too important to stoop down and help another, you are living in deception. God wants us to do life together. God wants us to shoulder each other's burdens. God wants us to be aware of what's going on around us, in the people around us. Not that we would be the solution because he's the solution, but that we would help to bear the load as people do life together. And at this point in my life, you know, there are some curveballs that happen in life. 
sometimes, where, yes, I could do it alone. Yes, I could lock myself in a cupboard and seek God until I got the answer, and and that's awesome too. But there's a saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. And I've found in my life that if I'm willing to share my struggles with someone, even if they can't solve my problem, just sharing my issues helps to bear the load and somehow make it more doable. Have you found that? Okay. The verse stayed with me from when I was 10 years old. It became part of who I am, I believe. I think it in some way set the trajectory for my life. I'd, I, I was shy, as I said, but I'd always been someone who was compassionate. And I guess as an only and extremely overindulged child... The concept of others was a little bit foreign to me. So when I say overindulged, when I started school in grade one, um, I took my lunch. My mum packed my lunch the first day I went. Okay, don't judge me on this. I was five, okay? So I took my lunch. Okay, I was five. Have you got that? I was five. I can feel the judgment already. I took my lunch for the first time. I made the comment when I got home that um, the sandwiches were a little soggy because they went a bit soggy in my lunchbox. That was before, you know, ice bricks were a thing you could buy at Coles. And uh, so my mum gave me money every day then for the rest of my school life to buy Tug Shop so that I wouldn't have to endure the soggy sandwiches ever again. So I was a tad overindulged, okay? And that's just one example. But looking back, I think I, being part of that organisation began a a deep desire in me to find a meaningful place of involvement, somewhere where I could belong, my tribe, if you want to put it that way, where I could actually stand shoulder to shoulder with with people, with the one another's of life, and do life, the highs and the lows, people to do life with. And I guess I, I really found that place many years later when I entered the local church. For the first time, I found that. I found that place where I belonged. I found that place where it didn't matter where I had been, who I had been. It didn't matter if I told the sandwich story. Like, it was my place, my tribe, where I belonged. And as a young girl who was not even 20, with identity issues, rejection issues, self-esteem issues, I had so many issues, no real purpose or direction in life, didn't even realise that, I was just kind of bumbling along in life, entirely living for myself and even before I was 20 beginning to question if this is all there really is to life, how sad is that, the local church was, was heaven on earth to me. It was heaven on earth to me. And now I've talked many times about my first encounter with the local church, how, um, you know, I arrived, I wasn't sure what to wear, so I thought I should dress up and, you know, it was quite a conservative church and uh, I arrived, you know, again, I was not from a church background, so I arrived with my long peroxided blonde hair that came almost almost to my waist. Just think of like Anna from, from ABBA with the blue eyeshadow and I think she was my role model at the time and a leopard print, you know, uh, skin tight dress that was way too low in places, way too high in places and was way too split in places. Um, stilettos, um, 
and um, an attitude that probably was apparent before I actually entered the place. And I can remember walking in. I wore stockings because I thought that was proper because I was going to church. I don't think I owned any, but I did buy some to wear. So I I wore stockings and I, I went... Uh, I was a little bit late, and you know, all the good Christians always feel from the back people. Not here, of course, because we're above that. But where I went, they filled from the back. And so the only spot left for me was the front row. Worship had begun and was slightly hesitated when I walked down the front. All the oxygen was sucked out of the air. But it's, you know, and, and I could really milk that, but honestly, when the service finished and, and every encounter that I had after that with those amazing, beautiful people, I'm forever grateful to them that no matter how long it had been between my visits, what my life looked like, because at times it didn't look terribly great, people were just happy to see me. They were just happy to see me. They were just happy that I'd made the decision to come. They would say things like, it's great to see you. We're so glad you come. We're so glad to see you today. They wouldn't ask me where I'd been. They wouldn't ask me how I was living. I think that was apparent by what I looked like and the way I carried myself. They could see what I was, a broken young person who just had no clue how to do life on any sort of level. They were never judgmental. They were never critical. And I felt like I'd found my tribe. And, you know, I know that that's not the experience of every person in this room. And I'm sorry if that's not been your experience. People are people and people can be unkind. But I want to tell you that that's not the experience you'll have here because I am determined that this place will be our tribe, that this place will be a place where people will not judge you, where people will not be critical of you, where people will accept you and love you the way that I was loved. That is our heart for this place. So I found my tribe. So This morning I want to talk about my tribe, my tribe, about community, about what I found in the local church. So I did some research on tribes. So here's my research. Humans are tribal. We actually like to be together. Being part of a tribe is not only a human trait, but one in which the richness and meaning of our life is intimately and richly connected. The tribes we develop throughout our lives have the ability to listen to this, to restore and heal, support, inform and inspire us. Tribe, in fact, is a vital, essential aspect of our health and well-being. The Bible says, he who isolates himself rages against all wisdom and sound judgment. The tribe is here to help us. The tribe is here. It's actually a medically proven fact that the tribe is good for us. A tribe is a community of our own making, so we make our tribe. We choose our tribe, apart from our family. You know, our immediate family, good or bad, is our tribe in some senses. But we actually have the, the ability as, as humans to form our own tribe, So it's of our own making. It's forged through authentic connection with others who mutually support and inspire us. When the quality of one's tribe is internalised through sharing, gratitude and investment, it provides a foundation for risk-taking, 
growth and achievement of what we care about most in our lives. The quality of our tribe is in direct relationship to how truly and authentically we show up. The more real we are, the more capable we are of attracting those who we want in our village. So, you know, it made me think sometimes when people say, my experience, my experience has not been that. My experience has not been that. I think we have to commit to as, as people in this tribe to being real and authentic. It doesn't mean vomiting your every problem over everybody you meet, but being real enough to say, when someone says to you, how's your week? Instead of going, it was fine, it was fine, it was fine, it was great, it was great, it was great. Going, actually, um, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle this week, actually. You don't need to share details. It's a bit of a struggle this week. I'd really appreciate your prayers. Because it was just a bit of a struggle this week. Nothing major, just a bit of a struggle. Or, I had the most exceptional week. Everything went right. I think the two extremes we're scared of. We're scared to be needy because we don't want people to avoid us. And we're scared to be too happy because we don't want to make people feel bad. But I tell you what happens when we're happy to embrace the extremes. We actually inspire people. I think when we're open and honest enough to say, hey, it was a bit of a struggle. I'd really appreciate your prayers. Um, People go, well, actually, yeah, I had a bit of a struggle this week too. I'd really appreciate yours. Gives permission for people to be real. When we say, I had a killer week this week, I made more money than I should have, I, I had the best time, I, whatever, it inspires people because people go, well, maybe next week's going to be better for me. But when we avoid that and we sit in the middle where we're not real and we just go, yeah, it was fine, it was fine, it was good, it was great, yeah, awesome, praise God. It does nothing except make people sick. You know, so... This year, let's start. Let's hit reset. It's the beginning of the year. Let's hit reset and be authentic and be real and be honest with each other and allow people to bear each other's burdens and so fulfill what? The law of Christ. It is His desire that we would do life in relationship authentically together as part of the tribe. So this morning I wanted to, to give you a few things that I found. I'm going to do it really quickly as part of the tribe. And because you know I love acronyms, and it would not be the start of the year without an acronym, would it, really? I made an acronym of the word tribe because it would be easier for you to remember and it was actually easier for me to set out. So are you ready? We're going to race through this at 10 million miles an hour, but I really want you to, to hear what I'm saying. So this is... The first thing, this is what I found in my tribe. I found true acceptance. I found true acceptance. Ephesians 2, 19 to 21 says, So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are rising like perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets and best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. The entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as a holy temple of the Lord himself. You know, when I found my tribe, I didn't look like, to me, a stone that would fit. I 
looked at myself and thought, one of these things is not like the other. And that one of these things was me. I was not like the other. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I didn't fit. But what I found in the local church, what I said before, was absolute total acceptance. Whenever I turned up, people extended grace, love and acceptance to me. And I found that acceptance is something that is extended by others, but my responsibility is to receive it. So people extend acceptance to you. They say, you're okay. They say, come have coffee. They say, come join my my life group. They say, I'd like to get to know you better. Tell me about your week. My responsibility is to accept that, receive that and lean in. So I found total and true acceptance in, in my tribe. And maybe you struggle with that. Can I say to you this morning, everybody struggles with that? Nobody comes in and feels like I fit. Nobody comes in and feels like, oh yeah, I'm perfect. I'm a perfect fit here. But God is trying to build something. He's trying to build his church. And so it's up to him to, to maybe knock off some of the edges. And sometimes he uses people and our interactions with people to smooth the surfaces of the stones a little bit so that we fit into place. And I think what is terrible is we've got this true acceptance, this place that we've been put, that God is building on, and then sometimes people remove themselves. And then there's a hole in the wall. There's a hole in the wall. And the hole is noticeable because you're not in it. There is true acceptance in this place. God says, not foreigners or guests, family members of the household of God, family, true and absolute acceptance for you to be yourself and be the stone in the wall that's being built that is part of this place, this tribe. The second thing I found, ah, is real love. I found real love in the house of God. John 13, 34 to 35 says, So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. I found real love as part of the tribe. Now, real love just doesn't say, oh, no, you're okay. Real love is willing to have the tough conversations. And I've had people, had, particularly my husband sometimes, tough conversations with me, not because they're critical, not because they want to hurt me, but because they are committed to seeing me be the best me I can be in love. I'm having this conversation with you because I love you and what you are doing is not going to take you where you want to go. I'm having this conversation with you because I love you and I can see that what you are doing is hurting you. That's real love. And that's what I found in the house of God. That's what I found in my tribe. Now, some of you may have been in places where that has been abused. And again, I'm sorry for that. But real, authentic love is in this place. And again, our response is to receive it, is to understand that if someone is having a conversation with you in love, it's because they love you. Now, you've got to, when you look at that, you've got to, when you're talking to people, you've got to actually have a look at people's maturity level too. Really? 
you know, can't sometimes expect those who are maybe younger in the faith to have the, the idea or the comprehension to be able to outwork this. But what I've found in my life is I will be what I want to have in my life. So I will endeavour. Does that mean I never get it wrong? Absolutely not. But is there grace for that? Absolutely is. God's love is perfect. It's unconditional. It doesn't change according to what we do or we don't do, whether we get it right or we get it wrong. God's love is unconditional. I would like to think as an authentic community that we would be able to do the same as we imitate him. The third thing I found is irreplaceable grace. I, irreplaceable grace. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch over each other and make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting up within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. I found grace here. That unmerited favor. That that ability not only to be encouraged when I succeed, but also the space to fail. And I think that is so important. Grace allows us the, the space to actually not get it right every time and still be loved and still be accepted and still be championed and still be encouraged and still be helped, that's irreplaceable grace in our life. And again, we need to be able to receive that because I think sometimes, and I know for me, maybe not for you because maybe, you know, I know that you are all manifested sons of God and don't struggle with any of this. But for me, sometimes the guilt in getting things wrong, I don't want to live openly before people. I don't want to accept that grace. But if we can live openly and, and allow people to extend that grace, even when we're not doing as well as we think we should, it's a life-changing thing that is found in the tribe. Belonging. B is for belonging. I found belonging here. Now, belonging and acceptance, I thought, are they the same thing? But they're not. Ephesians 1, 4 to 6 says, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. For it is always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And the unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So belonging. I think belonging is different to acceptance. Acceptance is something that's extended to me. Belonging is something that I have to choose to do. So acceptance, other people say, you're accepted here. But to belong, it's something that starts in me. And the whole idea as an adopted person that when, when I read that scripture, that God had adopted me into his family, I, I probably find the concept easier than most to understand. I understand being the foreigner. I understand being the different. I understand being the non-blood. Probably way better than most people. But I tell you, that sense of adoption, that sense of belonging, there is nothing like it in the world. And I have found it in this place, in my tribe. Now, I'm not saying... This church, our church, is perfect. But oh my goodness, we are on a journey with this. And oh my goodness, I think we get it more right than we do wrong. 
So can I encourage you this morning? That sense of belonging, it comes from you. It's something that you decide to do. How do you decide to belong? Well, I'm here. I'm here. And you're all here. Look at that. Tick, first box. Belonging. I will belong. I will be part of it. I will embrace it. I will... I will find somewhere to do what I can do. I will, you know, I I look at our family and I think, imagine if in our family only one person was on board and everybody else just did what they wanted to and only one person actually created that sense of belonging, felt like they belong. It would be a disaster. But in our family, the common ground unites us. We belong. We choose to belong. And we do that by our behaviour. We do that by our words. We do that by our attitude. So God has adopted us into his family and we choose to belong. Okay, last one. E, expression. Ephesians 4.16, from him the whole body, the church and all its various parts joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies and when each part is working properly causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. What I have found in this place is an expression for who I am. It's a meaningful place of involvement for me. It expresses something that is meaningful to me. I can express myself. I can find a place where the gifts and the talents that God has given me, I can actually express. Now, I haven't always done this. And to be perfectly honest, this was never my choice. My choice, if I had it, would be on the front door. I love the front door. I am the serial welcomer. I just love it. I love to be on the front door. I love to be there seeing people come in, setting the atmosphere. That is where I love to be. I love to sing. Now, you know, some of you mightn't like to hear me sing, but I do love to sing. And for many years, that was my my place of meaningful involvement. Right now, it looks different, but I had to start somewhere. Where is your place of expression in this house, in your tribe? Where's your place of expression? What, what do you bring to the table? You know, the front door, if you're a, an introvert, may be a little bit much. Maybe. But there are other things that you can do. We have things during the week. You know, I think of Janelle Moore sitting up there. She runs up a, a playgroup. Her kids are way too old for playgroup. But she, I was talking to her this week and I said, how's it going? It's a community playgroup. And she was like, Sue, I love it. I love it. I love being here and being able to encourage the mums because I remember what it was like myself, a meaningful place of involvement. We have business people on our operations team. We have um, people who just come in if you time poor. We have um, people who come and just help with events. Whenever we're running a sisterhood, there are a thousand, actually more than a thousand, things to be done that are simple, that can be done in a half hour or an hour. A meaningful place of involvement. Our, our host team and service crew who actually set the, the atmosphere and the tone for everyone who comes in here by the way that they welcome and, and help people and do what they do. Our creative team, maybe you're creatively gifted, meaningful place of involvement. Our kids team, honestly, never babysit, babysitting, always 
equipping and empowering the next generation for greater things than what we've seen. Always hiding the Word of God in our kids' hearts so that as they do life, they'll be able to just do it with a sense of purpose and call. There are so many different things. There are people that come in and they put the envelopes on the seats. If you're an introvert, yay, put the the things on the seats. There are so many things. There are so many places. And maybe again, you've been part of something where you've been a bit burnt or felt a bit used by that. Can I just say, I'm sorry. Have another go. Have another go. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Have another go. I've been in, in circumstances where it hasn't gone well or right. But because of who God is in me, I'm determined to have another go. I just have another go. Maybe it'll work this time. I am the eternal optimist. Gosh, it didn't work that time, but I'll have another go. I don't think it's a bad thing to be. But this place is a place where you can find an expression of who you are. It's where you can sow in. It changes everything when you actually become someone who just doesn't come, but someone who actually has a part to play in the the life of the church. It's the same with our family. You know, if I did everything, there would be no sense of expression. But we're determined, you know, as well, our kids are all nearly gone now, but when they were younger, that they would find a meaningful place of expression in our house to, to sow in, to build what we're building. And that invitation is there for you today. The Word says what every joint supplies. Maybe you're just a friendly person who can stand in the foyer and find new people and welcome them and ask them to coffee. Maybe that's who you are. Find a meaningful place of expression in this place and I guarantee you it will change your experience and it will make you really feel like part of the tribe. So I found my tribe and I believe there's power in together. The Bible says that one can put so many to flight but two can put so many more, multiplied more to flight. There is power in together. There is power in bearing each other's burdens. There is power in doing life together. There is power in walking alongside each other of being in something together. And it's not just about what it does for you. It's actually about what it does for others. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, sometimes we live in a society where it's all about what's in it for me, what's in it for me, what's in it for me. Well, there's a lot in it for you here. But how about we as the church look at how we can make that experience for other people as well, how we can walk alongside and make it our tribe. There's power in the journey together. And, you know, I want to start the year and say, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's be real. Let's be authentic. And I'm not saying we're not, but let's take it to another level. Let's be a community that, that leans in, that understands there's power in together, that understands we don't have to do it alone, that understands that we can build trust and be authentic and be open and be real. And by doing that, we can actually help other people. Let's start the year fresh with our tribe. You know, I love our tribe. I love this place. As I look around, there are people here that have been part of my tribe for many years. I look at the Coopers and like, I don't even think, I think I was 20 when I met them. I've been doing life. They've been my tribe for a very, very long time. I look at Brandon. I remember when he was born, you know, 
This is the, the beauty of being part of the tribe. Isabella, I can remember her as a very small girl and now she's here with her own child. Amazing, doing the journey of life with your tribe. Okay, let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you this morning that you've created us to do life together. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that we are built up by what every joint and ligament supplies. And so, Lord, I I pray this morning for just a, a renewed flow between ligaments this morning, a connectedness between us this morning, that sense of belonging, that sense of acceptance, that sense of of love, that sense of a place to express myself, ourselves. Lord, I just thank you for that. I pray this morning that you would just be speaking to our hearts today. Lord, and at that Even this morning, we would begin to be determined to maybe pull down some walls that we've built, that we would be determined to lean in, that we would be determined to be authentic, that we would be just determined to do life together. And I just thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, that where two or three are gathered together, you are here in the midst. And Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to unpack this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand together? You know, I've talked about um, relationship, doing relationship with each other. But what makes that relationship possible is actually the relationship we have with Jesus. You know, God created us that we would live in relationship with Him. That's why He created us, that we would have relationship with Him. You know, I found that myself many years ago. It was a journey for me to find that, I think, because of some of the, the issues that I, I, you know, I talked about before. But when I truly found that, and I look back, it started with a decision that I made to accept that. To accept the fact that God had created me to live in relationship with Him. Accept the fact that He had this amazing plan and purpose for my life. And it was a risk because I didn't know what was on the other side. And I was in a meeting not very different to this one. And I remember someone like me, probably not as cool as me, but you know, like me, who gave an appeal very similar to this and just said, hey, if your life isn't where you want it to be, if you don't feel like you've got that relationship, if you don't, if you feel like something is lacking, I remember them saying, if you feel like something is lacking in your life, give this a go. Make the response to accept Jesus in your life today. And they said, I guarantee your life will be better and you'll be connected to the God of the universe who will unpack a plan in your life and a purpose in your life like you couldn't ever believe. Fill the gaps in your life like you couldn't ever believe. And I was sceptical, but I was also desperate because my life, as I said before, even before I was 20, I was questioning, is this all there is to life? Do I have to do this for the next 60 years? And I, in that moment, very simply raised my hand That's all I did. Raised my hand, said, okay, I'm going to give this a go. Okay, here I am, God. I'm going to give it a go. And I can tell you from that moment on, my life changed. My life changed. I had purpose. I understood that I was loved and accepted. I found my tribe and my life has continued, not without challenge, to to work its way upward from that point on. So this morning, I want to give us an opportunity. So I wonder if you would close your eyes, bow your heads. And very simply this morning, I'm going to ask, if that's you in this place, if you are like I was, 
back then. If you want to find purpose, if you want a relationship with Jesus, and I know there are people in this place, I wonder if you would very, just very courageously and bravely just raise your hand. No one's looking around at you. Raise your hand and all I'm going to do is pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to pray for you that God would begin a good work in you. Thank you. I see that hand. That's awesome. Over there to my, what is that, right? Anyone else in this place? It is life-changing. If that is you, don't miss this moment. One more moment. If that's you, I want a life change today. Put your hand up and we'll pray for you. That's so awesome. There's one. I reckon there's one more. Come on. I reckon there's one more. If you're standing here going, no way, no way, no way, no way, that's you. Put your hand up right now. God wants to change your life in this moment, this morning. Yep, there it is, number two. There's always two. That's so good. That's so awesome. Lord, I thank you today. Thank you today for love, for authentic love reaching these people today. Thank you for your authentic acceptance and belonging reaching these people today. I thank you, Lord, as they've made this decision this morning courageously for you that you would show up in their lives that you would reveal yourself to them and their life would be different from this moment on in Jesus name and everyone said amen we're going to pray this prayer we pray this every week because this is what people have just done they've said they believe they know they're forgiven they know that God's in their life and they're committed to following him so we're going to pray it with them today so why don't you pray with me dear Jesus I believe in you Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Can we take one moment as Sarah comes to just celebrate those this morning who have been brave enough to change their lives? Thanks, Sarah.